0: Welcome back to another episode of Tosses. If you are here actually watching it, not listening to it, and you thought that Cross has grown his hair out and got a bit of a sweepier <laughs> voice, uh, you would be incorrect. We are lucky enough to be joined by Ferg Neil. You may have
1: seen him from the Ferg Neil Show. Yes, the old TikToks.
0: Local stand-up comedian Who will actually be at the Melbourne Comedy Show
1: Yes, I'm doing a Melbourne Comedy Festival show Which would be sick I feel like I'm I'm not sure what the other guest is like But I feel like Like your sister said I'm giving off Fred again energy (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving off like He came from Brunswick
0: So every single guy from the north side of the Yarra
1: Your nemesis I
0: feel like 40% of the blokes in Fitzroy are just Fred again lookalikes.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a big cohort of like Brunswick Street mannequins who, you know, I reckon 50% of people who like my videos are those people. <laughs> so I've got to, got to be careful what I say, you know, in terms of like, oh. they'll buy tickets to shows. the are gig pigs. That's what I was going to ask about.
0: <laughs> You stand-up comedy. Where do you do most of your venues and what is your traditional audience like? Do you get a diverse range of people or is it...
1: It depends where you perform. A lot of gigs in Melbourne are Northside. So often you're doing like Fitzroy, Collingwood. There's a great comedy club in the city which is slightly different. But it is kind of the same audience, you know. It's like the same demographic respawned. It's often like a lot of people, mid-20s, late-20s, you know, arts degrees, um... It's fun But it's good You'll know pretty quick If they don't agree With you on a joke (laughs) You feel it in the room Automatically I was
0: gonna say do You have to monitor Your political (laughs) correctness?
1: It's like If you walked in Looking like a LinkedIn mannequin They'd fuck you up (laughs) (laughs) They'd fuck you up They'd be like We're gonna take this guy down And they have that a little bit In their eyes Where like They see me And, like, I know how to connect to them, though. I know what to say, which is interesting. But I'll do gigs anywhere. Like, I've done the Werribee RSL. I've done gigs in Geelong. I've done gigs where, like, the pokies were too loud and, like, the audience couldn't hear us above the pokies. (coughs) I've done, like, if you name a situation, I've done comedy in that environment.
0: (laughs) So, you're saying if I were to do stand up, you reckon they could could smell the leather
1: at the RM Williams a mile away? (laughs) They'd sniff it out. In those north side rooms, south side, they don't care. Like, I've also done Lucky Cock, which is like a pretty famous bar in Melbourne that, you know, on Chapel Street, where like you do gigs there and it's like people are about to kick on. You know what I mean? They're on Coke and they're going to have a fun time and they don't care what you say, which is sometimes good because you can try the material which you like. This is risky You yeah. know But these guys aren't gonna Make a TikTok stitch on me About this <laughs> I'll be fine <laughs> what,
0: what is the roguest thing You've ever seen At one of your events
1: Probably like Just people getting King hit on stage I knew a comedian Who I was in the audience And like He was messing With the wrong dude This guy was <laughs> This dude Was like at the bar He was wearing all camo All camo On a Friday night He was Dom- like
0: Zelensky, <laughs> Domestic terrorist <laughs>
1: He had that vibe <laughs> He had like a real Like the dude who killed Robert F. Kennedy Vibe about him oh, And he was real God. fidgety At the bar And so this comedian Was kind of Off his own accord This guy was just Enjoying the show Started roasting him Which I thought was brave And the guy Without saying anything It was pretty James Bond Finished his drink Put his drink down Walked up to the stage And the guy The comedian Who's not in Melbourne anymore is from New Zealand He said What are you gonna do Hit me And the guy just like Launched <laughs> And then they had a fight and that's probably the most rogue thing I reckon I've seen. Also, the MC just kept going with the gig. He's like, all right, they'll sort it out. And they're like on the ground. <laughs> Literally, you just got to roll with the punches. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there's a Channel 7 cameraman there and he was filming on his iPhone when he saw the fight. And yeah. so I just said, brother, can you chuck that in a Google Drive? I'd love to see the footage of <laughs> the fight. So I've got that on a hard drive <laughs> if anybody wants it. oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I haven't done any performances in... Frankston have you or? I've
1: done I've done Frankston So many times I've done every single Spot in Melbourne And even like I did a I supported this comedian Ruben Solo On a national tour Last year So we did Adelaide, Newcastle Brisbane, Perth Darwin We went everywhere So you see It's good Because you leave Melbourne And you're like Oh Perf doesn't want those jokes. (laughs) They don't want jokes about kombucha. You know what I mean? Like, It's good to realise that that stops in Northside Melbourne. You know what I mean? That you actually need to be funny to people who don't have an arts degree. (laughs) And that's good for you.
0: 99%
1: of the population. Yes. 99% of Australia for sure. This is an echo chamber. Yes. Brisbane's the best audiences in Australia. There's a comedy club in Brisbane called Good Chat Comedy Club and they're the right mix of like, like, just, like just people, you know what I mean? You have every demographic but they're relaxed, they're drinking bevs, they're chilled, it's a great comedy club, a 100-seater. You can just kind of kill there. I've had like the best set I've ever had in that venue. I was riffing on Bob Carter for like five minutes <laughs> and they loved it and then I went into like – it was just so much fun yeah. doing Brisbane.
0: What is life
1: like on the road as a stand-up it's bad. comedian? It's, it's bad, real just- bad. I'm with Ruben Solo, who people listening might know. him. He's, he's very big. I don't think he's as big as you on TikTok, but his followers are pretty high. Yeah. Um, and, like, he's quite well-known in the stand-up community. And, like, there were some nights in Sydney where we were staying in this place. There was 100%, like, a methadone program going on within this <laughs> hotel. Yeah. And he booked it on, like, stays or something. I don't know. What's a worse one than stays? But we were in this storm and we heard these two dudes yelling at each other. And they had that real, you know when like someone's talking about China, but they say China, you know, they have that kind of like. Not telling Trump, China. <laughs> yeah. They chuck an eye into it. They had that. They were just chucking eyes into every single sentence. And they were drooling. And Ruben went out. He's like, hey, fellas, do you mind just keeping it down a bit? And a guy was like, oh, sorry, brother, sorry. He just got out of prison. So we're kind of celebrating. And then Ruben's like, sweet. And just like walk back into the room. He's like, let's get the fuck out of this. It was like oh. train but with two comedians as, like, side characters. <laughs> it was bad. Surprised he didn't try his luck on couch <laughs> surfing. <laughs> <laughs> we should have. Also, we walked into the communal kitchen, which... When you hear something's communal kitchen, you know it's bad. But I wasn't booking anything because Ruben was the headliner, and probably just cooking meth on the. Well, <laughs> 100 percent. As you're in the kitchen, there's like CCTV. You know when you walk into like those Asianic grocers, and like they'd have your face on the screen yeah, to remind yeah. you not to steal a fucking Mars bar. It was like that, but it was to remind you not to commit a murder slash other crimes. <laughs> it was very scary. So it wasn't fun on the road But the gigs themselves were great You know, you're kind of just going from town to town And like you're getting free drinks You're getting paid Um, Perth was great It's like underrated city Speaking of Luke Kitchell about that We're both like Perth is such an underrated comedy city They want comedy so bad
0: So I think you were saying You've you've been doing this for about five years now How did you really master your craft? What was it like in the (laughs) early days?
1: Everybody when they start stand up First six months they're horrific at stand up because that's what we were talking about because I know that everybody who does TikToks in the back of their mind, like I want to do stand up and I can see it in your eyes.
0: Yeah. You do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I just know <laughs> I'm just going to cop some absolute abuse. You and just- you, it's like anything. You're going to be shit. Yes.
1: <laughs> you just have to eat shit for six months. But I was lucky. I was in America. And so I thought – I was in Los Angeles and I thought, well, I'll do open mics here and I'll do them for six months and just be shit in front of people who I don't know. And then when I came back to Melbourne, people were like, far out, you're good. How long have you been doing it? And I just lied. I just said, I've just started. <laughs> I would had six months of like doing five gigs a week in me. And then so I kind of had like a good run-up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they yeah. thought I was better than I was. Yeah, They thought I was like – New in when I'd done it for six months. So like even now I'm doing a show opening for Dave O'Neill on the weekend. Yeah. He saw me in my first six months, so you're pretty good for just starting. And then so you get in their frontal lobe and they start you know, they think yeah, about you yeah. and then you're just in. Yeah. And then once you're into it, you kind of just you know, your calendar gets full of gigs, so you can't really pull out. No matter how bad a gig goes, they're like, fuck, I just bombed just out of my ass. <laughs> yes, bombed out of my ass, but I'm doing a gig, you know, opening for Dave or someone next Wednesday, so I better get it together. What was the hardest
0: part of it? Was it getting used to, say, hecklers, where you've actually got to think on, on your feet mm. as opposed to actually having you know, somewhat of an idea of what you're going to say?
1: Hecklers aren't as, ha- aren't as hard as you think They actually often make the show better You know you can rebound off them. Often they're just like fuck it to so just yell at the drunk And you like You stomp on them And then you get a big laugh I reckon like just You have this as well If you start doing it It's like Finding out what makes you funny on stage Yeah. Because you think you're funny around your mates and you're like, well, does that translate Translate, to stage? And it's weird. Sometimes you're on stage and I see it with new comedians and they won't be trying to tell a joke and the crowd will laugh at something they did. And that's what is funny about them. Yeah, and yeah. they'll start gravitating to that and they keep getting more and more laughs because they're doing what the audience finds funny. Yep. So in a way, the audience will tell you what's funny about yourself. Like yeah. you'd be doing stand-up and then say first five minutes are tough, but then maybe six minutes in, you say something random off the cuff and they laugh at that and you can just be like, cool, that's what they think is funny about me. You need to double down
0: on this and then cut out the other stuff.
1: Yes. Even when I did my first big club, like I did... Um, it wasn't even that big. It was 200 seats. And that's weird because you'll be doing jokes and in between the jokes, you'll just be riffing and then someone will laugh at something. You're like, Oh, I'm doing something that someone's finding funny. I don't know. is funny. Yeah. You know." And then, so you just keep doing that. And then yeah, eventually yeah. you get a, a persona on stage. It's like you, you but amplified. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like you but a, on a couple Jaegers or a couple, <laughs> you just elevate it and you're a better person.
0: Is that what you like in the beginning though? Did you have to have a couple of Jagers yeah, to get the courage to go up or were you just like, I need to be sharp here. I need to be like on point.
1: Some comedians get like blackout drunk <laughs> and I don't think they know what they're doing and they get off and then a couple of days later like, how was that gig at like Footscray Hotel and I was like, dude, you were blackout drunk and like you accosted <laughs> you a punter in the audience. They're like, really? Holy shit. But I won't get that drunk before I go on. Like I'll try not to just because then it's a poison chalice. Yeah. What, now you can only be funny if you've had a couple beers, you yeah, know, and yeah. then you're in bars every night so you're going to get trapped on that. Worst experience I've had where I wish I was drunk was that I went on a first date and then I was doing Comedy Republic two weeks later and the first date was fine but it kind of just fizzled out. And so I walk on stage, like, introducing Fergus Neal and then this person's in the front row (laughs) of the comedy show. And the booker was like, you looked – I've never seen you look stressed on stage but you looked passed out. And she said, you sounded different. Like I just wasn't myself Cause I was like In date mode You know what I mean I don't know Do you have that Where it's like If you're on a date Something changes It's probably a bad It is the nerves now. Yes I'm more nervous About going on dates Than doing like A 200 seat theatre For sure
0: I thought you were going to say that because <laughs> you had the date a week before, that was your material for the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the girl sitting in front, and you're like, shit, I need to change up my routine. What was I saying last week?
1: <laughs> That's happened before with my brothers because I'm from a big family and I've got a lot of jokes about brothers. Yeah. You know, and even a joke that involves my sister and they don't like being in my stand up. Yeah. And it was a pretty big show and they were there. And so I just completely altered my material to make sure that they wouldn't get pissed off. I'm more worried about offending like a family member, you know, and bringing that up at Christmas lights and offending like a random yeah. punter well how do you
0: avoid that now that you're on TikTok and a lot of your videos do go viral well,
1: we were, yeah we were talking about that it's interesting I reckon now because anyone can go viral you know so you can go viral but have a complete life outside of TikTok or Instagram I think it's kind of like people think it's cool you know is that what it's like for you in your life like it's people around you think it's cool when you have videos that pop off
0: yeah yes you know <laughs> what are the what did you
1: <laughs> Do you have non-supporters? I'm interested in the people who don't Oh no, I think they support it But I
0: think I think you, your mates probably love it Because then it just gives them more fire More, yes. more fuel to have a crack at yes. you oh, buddy, What are you doing on TikTok?
1: Did you inspire your friends to do TikTok? So do you have friends around you Who try and make content now that you're doing well?
0: No, absolutely not A lot of my friends are conservative rural <laughs> blokes They won't do anything to do with the Communist Party of China <laughs> <laughs> They don't want their data taken
1: That's true for a lot of dudes And girls and, you know, they just don't want to get on involved in TikTok, you know, they're just like, it's kind of people, a lot of people still view TikTok as cringe, which now I think as companies are coming onto it, it's become so much more mainstream, but there are people who are like, yeah, I would never go on TikTok or post anything, you know?
0: Yeah. But then that's like, you're going to be that generation that's still on Facebook, Mm. right? Adapt or die. 100%. Like. When we were younger, Facebook was the main thing. And it yeah. got overtaken by all the baby boomers, like our <laughs> parents. Everyone pissed off to Instagram. And now Instagram is <laughs> starting to get dated a bit. Now everyone's on TikTok.
1: Do you reckon that's a future? Like our kids will look back at our like can you imagine your grandkids watching your TikToks? Like you sinking beers on a farm.
0: No, I haven't <laughs> thought about this because it's there forever. <laughs> like- yes. Like, you're trying to be responsible and, like, no, tell your children, no, you can't just go out and get blackout drunk on a Friday and Saturday (laughs) and there's literally a video of me calling you a coward if you're not doing that every (laughs) fucking weekend of your life.
1: (laughs) I do think about that, like, intergenerationally, if, like, in the future, you know, we would look back on our ancestors and see photographs, but they'll be looking at online content.
0: Because, like, no one wants to think of their parents as being normal, fun Mm, people,
1: right?
0: (laughs) Yes. they're old conservative just... (laughs)
1: different units it's wild i think also the weird thing about going viral on tiktok is that like just running to random people it's kind of nice you know like oh i saw your video that was great and now i try and turn that into tickets <laughs> with stand-up yeah you know it might be that's what i'm finding interesting with people who don't do stand-up but they do online content yeah, yeah like is the end goal just to become an online content creator or is it eventually to do some kind of online stage thing
0: i don't know i think everyone's mm. got their own mm. objectives I mean, the, the thing about the TikTok and the stuff like that is you can still do the funny stuff, but you don't have to deal with the rejection. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like the actual, the hard, the, the human stuff. Yes. Of actually putting yourself out <laughs> yes. there. Like even though, you know, 100,000 people have seen you. It's, it's completely different mm. To actually standing in front of it. Even 10 people You don't know
1: mm. A few I've had a few TikTokers uh, Reach out to me To do stand up And they've done stand up And they've done it once and like I'm never doing this again
0: I think if you do it You just gotta commit to it and yeah. Accept the fact That you're gonna be shit Yes It's like anything If I pick up a guitar mm.
1: Tomorrow Like I'm not yeah. gonna be good at it <laughs> Well even I've got a friend He's in um Swag on the Beat It's a big sketch group Yeah He's one yeah, of the dudes I, in I know that. those guys Yes I've, And yeah. he started doing stand up A year ago And he hates getting recognised From Swag on the Beat Because Stand up Is like He's up and coming Yeah you know, he would, He'd be the first To say that And he's like Ferg Fuck it I don't want people To recognise me on stage And so he chucks a hat on Puts a hat really deep on his Kanye face. West
0: Sort of balaclava Sort yes. of set up Yes
1: But then it's counterproductive Because then that People can't connect to him If you Like a dude Who gets on stage In the middle of a bar With a fucking hat Over his eyes People are like Who is this dude Like it's very unsettling <laughs> Sometimes yeah. the comedy gigs, audiences don't laugh. They just get freaked out by the dude on stage. Yeah. They're like, this guy's given off weird fucking energy. So I said to Sam, I said, you look like a high school shooter on stage. <laughs> That's what you look like. And he's like, all right, I'll take the hat off. I'm like, would you rather people think that you're a high school shooter or do you rather they think you're from Swag on the Beat? And he's like, I'd rather from Swag on the Beat. And so now he just gets up on stage and does it. And yeah, does I think it. You
0: just got to own it. You
1: overthink just- it. People overthink that stuff.
0: Don't think it's rogue though. Like you look at blokes like that who've got millions and millions of views (laughs) with these algorithms. Like the average person can effectively have the same, you know, reach as Rupert Murdoch.
1: Yes, (laughs) it's pretty wild. Just a
0: couple of boys from like Northgate, you know, making funny videos.
1: That's a wild thing. Even like I had a friend, and I won't mention his name, but he was become like a new host on the project. Yeah, and he was really umming and ahhing about whether to accept that role. But I think that it's interesting that you can get more views on a TikTok video than doing the project. And in the project, you're so bound. You're so bound by producers being like, say this, say that. Whereas you can just literally, I mean, this is what you do. You know, you just make a TikTok on a fucking farm. You know what I mean? And yeah. you, no one can say no. <laughs> Which is sometimes a good thing. I, I've had TikToks in the past and I, I wish someone had intervened and been like, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, don't, hit, don't fucking hit record.
0: Oh well, Yeah, I think my biggest one... I got seventeen million views. Yeah, right.
1: what is your biggest video? It I was. was
0: it know. was when I was in. Overseas last year I was in Jordan okay. Like in Petra And I was just like I don't understand How desert people yeah, Made this
1: Yeah I remember that one I remember that one Made this, this
0: 2000 years ago Without power tools Yes And then you know My state government Can't even you know Build a railway line <laughs> Back to the airport You know I think I spent too much money overseas I had to catch a sky bus I remember that
1: I remember that And that hits both algorithms Because you're international I reckon yeah. it hits that international crowd But then It's the same thing With like Aussies Hating governments And also hating like yeah. Manufacturers projects you know what I mean so you've kind of just nailed that but 17 million is crazy well it's nuts like the the population of Australia is Mm. 25 million I reckon biggest one I've had I've not it was like 3.5 million which one was that it was just one doing like Australian house parties versus an American house party some like like thing that I just knew, like American-Australian comparison always does well. Oh, I f- you know, I if I have like a video that doesn't do well for a while, I'm like, all right, let's go back to the fucking basics.
0: <laughs> just bag <bagged> down <out> Americans. <laughs> and I feel like everyone in the kind of like, you know, English-speaking world outside of America will just hop on that yes. Like They're just the local whipping boy.
1: Yes. Because I feel like we're in different networks in Melbourne. Like I feel like I've kind of fallen into this kind of like Fred again crowd. Whereas I feel like you'd be more with like, the boys on this side of the river. The south side operators. Yes, which isn't <laughs> a bad thing, but it's interesting. I wonder if those algorithms cross. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's weird,
0: because I definitely have a few different ones. you definitely mm. got, like, the private schooly, the south side. But then, yes. you know, you've got, the, like, you're rural as well. You've got yeah. jackaroos from, like, the northern territory yeah. watching stuff. But interestingly... I don't know why, but the last two three months, about twenty percent of my audience has been coming from the US. I don't know all if right. all the farmers in like America have just
1: hopped on the trend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing. I reckon is sometimes you don't even choose who listens to you. You just you get give of what you get give of. Like I did a podcast, this is way back before we got really big, but Daniel Sloss, the comedian. Yeah. And so now for some reason, my podcast, I have a bunch of people in the UK, you know, way more than America. And <laughs> like, So now I'm like, fuck, I should probably skew my content a bit more that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. it affects you for sure.
0: So that's a good segue. We'll have a chat about your podcast. You've had mm. a few big guests on Some rogue guests, yeah. You had Bob Catter. Yes. I think you've had, right, I really need to know this. I believe you had, was it? An Australian top model or was it Miss Universe? Sorry, yeah.
1: I had, um, we kind of had a falling out, but I had Miss Universe Australia, Olivia Molly Rogers, former Miss Universe Australia.
0: How did you get that? Because I reckon I've been fire reacting (laughs) Miss Universe for the last 10 years and have not got a reply. That's (laughs) your
1: problem. Yeah, I just honestly DM'd and said I've had these guests on and she's like, yeah, I'll come on. And then in the lockdown, I had this vile video, which um, she'd done something. I can't remember, but I should remember specifically. But she just said something about some rogue comment about the freedom protest or some crazy shit. And so I made a TikTok on it. And then I messaged her before. I'm like, yo, you're in this video. And she's like, that's fine. And then it got like 700,000 videos. (laughs) And she was immediately (laughs) not fine about it. She's like, what the fuck? And I was like messaging Miss Universe Australia. It's before I went into a comedy gig. And I was like, my friends, I'm like, she's lighting me up. Like, it's like paragraphs, paragraphs person has like 300,000 followers. And I was like, look, I'm probably not going to delete the TikTok. I hope we can still be friends going forward <laughs> You've
0: just seen how many views he's got There's No, I know I'm deleting this Do you know how hard
1: I've worked Every get this time I refresh It'd be like another thousand likes you like a, so you're just. Like, I'm not taking this down oh, 100%. Also, it wasn't that hard of a roast I feel like it was kind of funny You know, I feel like everybody has their time coming I've been roasted in TikToks before You've been roasting TikToks oh, got- Everybody's going to get their time on the torch <laughs> You've either
0: got it. To- You're either taking the piss out of yourself or everyone's taking the piss out of you effectively. But
1: there is definitely a thing. If you're super hot, you haven't been roasted that much. (laughs) Honestly, if you've won Miss Universe Australia, you've had years of people sucking up to you and just like loving you. So I feel like if like... This skinny comedian who looks like the mouse and flushed away is like made a viral TikTok on you. You're going to be ready to fucking like torch him, <laughs> you know? And she had that fire where she's like, I'm going to torch him. So I'm kind of out of the beauty pageants now. I don't think I'm going to get invited to the next one.
0: What is the biggest torching you've had on TikTok, you reckon? Was there something you posted? Because you do a lot of political stuff. Yeah. You get a lot of, you know, blokes with...
1: Pictures Surprising, of, uh, often Holden Commodore <laughs> it's their profile picture just yeah. roasting you. <laughs> it's real weird because I reckon like sometimes those videos if I'm talking about like even like the rental crisis, of the rental market, I, I have a little few red herrings in there that gets everybody. Like I'm talking about the rental market but then I also talk about like overseas investors which yeah. gets like the old, you know, country blokes fired up and like, <laughs> yeah, fuck them, we've got to stop overseas investment. I just have little things in there that hit both sides yeah, and it's weird. Ultimately like I get people who will say stuff like, Oh, you you look like a fucking communist but you're spitting fucking facts about you know what I mean? It's like so I get <laughs> they don't all know they hate you
0: or just yeah. love you. Yeah.
1: I have weird DMs from people who are like hundred percent staunch conservative and then some people who are really on like left side of politics where like it's I'm kind of in a good spot now. Even like when I did a podcast of Andrew Bogart, I had people who were like pissed off because he's seen as conservative and even Bob Catter, yeah. People say people get pissed off about that, but they don't have like inner city left comedians and you know some people who are more right like have issue with that so I almost don't think it now I just have whoever I want to talk to I talk to whatever I kind of want to say I'll say I think you'd rather
0: have that people from a diverse range of mm. backgrounds and that's one thing I've noticed about you you're not just a partisan hack right you're not just <laughs> trying to <laughs> push the pencil like you know either like Sky News or you know Pedestrian yes you, know, you, know, our mate you gotta Marlo. have
1: <laughs> it's I mean, it's fun like also every issue you you gotta talk about there's gonna be two perspectives on it you know yeah. like I. When Whenever I make a video, I'm like, what would the counter perspective be to this? Yeah. Like if I was an, an anti-Ferg, what would I do? And I think about that and then sometimes I'll include that in my... It's kind of just like... Remember your YouTube English teach was like 4-4 four, four against conclusion? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's literally what you do and you're fine. Yeah. Just have some like... Don't be so... If you're super partisan... you. People do that because it sells shit. Yeah. You know, like in Pedestrian, you have an incentive to be like, let's never have a nuanced perspective on this because nuanced perspectives don't go as viral for those organisations. Yeah, we've had this conversation. Even
0: (laughs) folks like Andrew Tate, you know, Donald Trump – They probably mean a lot Of what they say But do you sometimes wonder If everything they say Is kind of crafted To just get the controversy Well they know it blows up Because Mm. you're hitting The algorithm You know like Andrew Tate saying something like Women shouldn't fly a plane Or like you know
1: It's gonna pop
0: off Because it's so
1: crazy Yeah
0: Don't eat sushi Or like The comments are gonna be crazy
1: I have this comedian friend. She's she's, um, so good and she stopped doing comedy. I was so sad. She was fucking amazing. She's such a good comedian. I'm trying to get her to do it back. She had this 10-minute joke about abortion that was the best 10 minutes of comedy I've ever seen. It didn't matter what room. It would light it up. And it was kind of progressive but also conservative being like, it's fucked but not fucked. And, like, it was so good that, like... When she posted it It got like 10 million views And the comments were just Conservatives Progressives Arguing with each other In the comments <laughs> You know what I mean? the engagement Yes The engagement was off Its tits and I feel like sometimes that's what people think when they're making content. You know, they're just like, "Can this This is an inflammatory topic. Let's talk about it.
0: I definitely did that when I made my inner-city lefty vlog. I <laughs> yes. was like, I'm going to absolutely just <laughs> nail these guys. <laughs> well,
1: have you talked about that story where well, you made that and then the fucking pedestrian guy came after you? Yeah, Jim Marlowe. Yeah. Um, pedestrian,
0: like, pretty much docks me, put my contact yes. details on Twitter. Because
1: then Friendly Geordie's made a video about Jim Marlowe. Did you see that? No, but I oh, need to. Oh, it's on 500,000 views because – he, it was right after the thing happened with you Because then he went after Jim Marlowe directly It was yeah. pretty wild I'm like, fuck, I wonder if Jack's seen this Like, this is interesting how much heat this guy's getting But yeah, he got lit up And he it's got
0: funny because we had Drew as well yeah Pablo, who's big human rights advocate Quite left in a lot of his views mm. And Jim Marlowe hates him as well
1: Yeah It's, I mean, it's sometimes those publications You can't have a view that falls out of that echo chamber Yeah You know But yeah, him and Drew... Drew's our mutual friend. He's got to get off Twitter. He's too... He's like a cyborg. He's just... (laughs) It's always on. He's always... I have this thing where if you don't know Drew Pavlov, he's a human rights activist who like is anti Chinese Communist Party, um, but like quite progressive on a lot of issues. And like he was staying with me in Melbourne for a bit and it was right before he went to Ukraine, which is a crazy sentence for listeners who are listening <laughs> to this, like what he went to Ukraine. This is like six months ago when the war was raging. And so he was like, Ferg, we'll do a podcast and then drive me to the Ukraine. <laughs> So we get in the car after the podcast and I'm driving him. He's looking at his phone. He's like, oh shit, I was going off Brisbane time. The flight to the Ukraine left like an hour ago or something. I was like, we're just going to make it. I can't remember. So we're passing through. We get to the airport. The airport's empty because it's still kind of covid And then we get to the desk. And the woman there was this American girl. And she's like, she was, she was looking at our tickets. She looked at the times. And she's like, do you guys believe in a higher power? And we're like, what? We're trying <laughs> to get to the fucking Ukraine. And she's like, I don't know if you guys, but I, I'm like real into omens. And um, look, you've missed your flight to the Ukraine. And she's like, I would take that as a message from God <laughs> That maybe let this one go to the keeper But then of course, Drew, so ADHD He's like, no, 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 no no, I'm going to kill Putin <laughs> So then he just booked a hotel next door And still went overseas But Drew Pavlo, he's the real OG He's someone, he's not just making tweets about shit He's like, hey, what's happening? Ukraine is fucked I'm going to go over there
0: He's out there doing God's work Which is so
1: good Because I had so many friends from Geelong <laughs> when the ukraine war broke out they were the dudes who were like i'm going i'm going you know when they're calling people like hey come fight in our militias there were guys in my hometown who were working at kmart
0: hear me out right <laughs> like i wouldn't do it but i reckon there's that five percent in the back of your head like yes. the kind of nine to five grind of mm, capitalism which what crushed, an escape which, which crushes the soul and then mm. one day like it's almost a bit you know Idealistic, you're just like, you're like <laughs> go across the world, and fight for. Fr- I'm not saying I'd do it, but like there was yeah. definitely five percent of me that's like, Ugh. fuck it, do it.
1: But Jack, Jack, <laughs> Jack these guys have zero military experience. <laughs> Like these guys are like Geelong, Jaden, and Braden, who so yeah. are like, "I'm gonna win the war." You can understand. I d- talked to a friend out of going to the war. It was a legit to our conversation oh. where was like, "Dude, do not please, do not sign up for this war." He was like completely involved in it.
0: Far out. You He's can-
1: from Balmont Geelong. <laughs> we went to Balmont High together, and I was like, "Please exactly. do not go." I reckon. Thirty minutes. Yeah Nice. <laughs>
0: Nice. Yeah, it's now. Start, stop.
1: Cool. Easy. Um, I reckon Belmont would almost
0: be worse than um, (laughs) (laughs) the the, the Donbass.
1: (laughs) They've been in the trenches enough. They fought the Geelong meth lords. They're ready to take on the Russians.
0: I'd rather do a tour of duty in Mariupol than than a Saturday night (laughs) in Belmont. You say
1: that, but then some places in Geelong CBD, it's literally like a current affair did a special report on the Geelong mail. And there's a guy from our high school who was like the first ever Eshe. I stand by that. I reckon he was the first ever Eshe in Australia. 2011, he was like in the mail. Getting into fights with Tracy Grimshaw doing like David Attenborough narration. It was (laughs) sick. It was so sick. That night at school, the whole school was on Facebook messaging each other, being like, Deffy, that's what his name was. Deffy was on. A current affair, imagine Tracy if, Grimshaw was narrating. Imagine if TikTok was around then. It would. I'm going to find those clips because they go viral. Because <laughs> the wild thing is, you know how National Geographic they're filming and you see like a gazelle get eaten and you're like, oh, they, should they intervene? I don't know. Like they see a starving child. You're like, maybe you should intervene here. There's like Deffy son, this essay bashing up pensioners with just a current <laughs> affair cameraman. <laughs> Probably should stop just it. filming it. We're like, guys, maybe step in now. Like the guy's about to get got of stop. Intervene, But I think that was back in the day where a current affair was a TikTok for that generation. And they're like, let's just keep the content going and let Deffy's son have his way. <laughs> Geelong was bad. It's better now. If you're listening in Geelong, I love Geelong. Detroit. It's a lot better than what it was. Do you think that
0: helped you, especially with your content now politically? Mm. you kind of saying... Both worlds. Yes. I mean, living in Melbourne, you can see the inner, inner north, you yeah know, the, the woke warriors. Mm. But you've also actually seen, you know, the working class, the other side of it. You know, you're not just a well. Um, I've got champagne socialist. <laughs> yes,
1: I've got both, which is good. And also, I reckon a lot of my comedian friends, people be surprised. I've got like quite a few conservative comedian friends. Yeah, you know, I got a few friends who grew up in like. got oh, this friend, his name's a damn. He's pretty well known in the Melbourne comedy community. This Turkish guy who's like born in Taylor's Lakes and just whatever you think is the progressive. View he takes the opposite view. <laughs> We've had some great debates. Yeah, like whatever. If you're pro Ukraine, he's going to be pro Russia. Yeah, he um got banned from a comedy gig because um he thought space was fake for a long time. He wasn't even joking. Like he thought space was fake, and so he printed out these t-shirts that on the t-shirt it said space is fake. <laughs> he went to this pretty prestigious comedy gig. Like he lied to get his way into this comedy gig. It was like Tommy Littles on Dave Thornton. It's like a big gig. It's a yeah. big deal. It's like fucking uh, two hundred people. You can't be fucking up on. Them. You can't be bombing. And so he gets up with a space is fake shirt and he's just doing five minutes of type five on how space is fake. He's getting no <laughs>, laughs. Gets off stage. It's not even comedy. It's literally saying why it doesn't exist. Yeah, it wasn't even any punchlines. just him verbatim. This is my manifesto on why space is fake. He's like, ipso facto, thus space is fake. And so he gets off and all these professional comedians are just roasting him in the green room, like Tommy Little, all these guys. And like to most people, that would be a traumatic event. You know, but this guy's like on the level of autism where he's stoic. Does that make sense? Like yeah. he's on that level of autism where like he doesn't get affected by things that would be traumatizing to a normal human like not to, to a to a regular <laughs> yeah. My brother's got autism brother, to a regular person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I feel like that's definitely a thing where like yeah, again, like in my comedy show I talk about growing up with a brother who has autism. Like he's on the NDIS, like it's paid professionally to be autistic. And like he's <laughs> professional at He's so <laughs> stoic He has the best life Yeah His money comes in the bank He goes and sees The most recent Marvel film He plays basketball And he just dominates You know But like people be like Oh he's like He's on the NDS He's got a sad life I'm like He has a better life Than most people He's killing it
0: <laughs> Don't you think there's <laughs> a, a, a bit in that About being happy <laughs> I think so
1: Because <laughs> it's weird Like I meet people And like they um They feel Would feel sorry for him I'm like he like will go to the local pool, jump in the sauna, pump some weights, has no real responsibilities, like kicks the footy in the park, has a bunch of friends, living the best life ever, you know?
0: Yeah, that's what people say. Comes to know. comedy
1: shows, my friends love him, you know, I'm like, what's up? It's my, like he comes to my all my a lot of my gigs, he's in the audience fucking laughing so hard. Has a dark sense of humor. <laughs> He's great because he'll go up to like Tom Gleason, some massive comedian, and he'll break down why his stand-up can improve. (laughs) It's wild. He went up to Dave Hughes. I was in the background being like, I had to be like Dave Hughes, hey, he's got this. Like my brother's, just because he went up to Dave Hughes, he's like, your voice. He's like, your your voice is, it's not doing it for me. It's an (laughs) an odd cadence. And Hughes, he's like, oh, sorry, mate. Fucking all right. I'll try and like, took it a (laughs) half.
0: Do you ever get that as well? I mm. get that on TikTok, people talking about my voice, the yeah. way I speak.
1: You've got a distinct voice. I've been told i got a distinct voice as well. So many people would just be like,
0: why do you talk like that? Or are you putting it on? I'm like... If I could choose any voice in the world, why would I pick a I'm pungent rural <laughs> Victorian accent? Like I'd be doing the Austin Butler, put on the Elvis accent or something.
1: You sound like because I've got mates who are farmers in like Mount Eden and like outside of Geelong. You just got the farmer voice. Yeah, it's not a bad thing.
0: But even it's Victorian. It's a bit different. People from Sydney and Brisbane will be yes. like the way I say "owls" or "ms" or.
1: Yeah I'd be happy With your voice If I were you You know You got a deep You got a, I feel like you'd have A uh, traditionally sexy voice oh, it, <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I think it's It's probably Probably better You can't ask Jack's sister If it's a sexy voice Let's be real <laughs>
0: It's probably more effective <laughs> overseas than this Australian, Australian <laughs> people just like, it's bogan But then they're like, oh, no, that's actually really Australian
1: Yeah, it's just even like almost Bobcatter-esque yeah. You know, it's just like dudes who grew up on a farm I think because you guys don't have as many outside references
0: I think like everyone in the city, it's almost a bit more like sterile Like everyone sounds mm. the same to an extent You just don't have that variation
1: Yes, the variations are fun like in Geelong, there's, I reckon there's some people who have like a real drawl accent. It's kind of S-A-S. Yep. It's real like they say bah at the end. Like, how you going, fuck ba? How you doing? <laughs> they actually say that. They're not joking. Um, I think it's cool when people have variations in their voice. Like Adelaide have posh accents. Yeah. And I like that. When I was doing shows in Adelaide, I'm like, you guys sound like posh cunts, but you're bogan. It's cool. You know, it's cool to have like people who are bogan as fuck sound British.
0: <laughs> 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 kind of like... <laughs> Country towns as well. You miss the kind of uh, old pensioner you know. You can't string two words <laughs> together in English, or you know, the forty-year-old woman that's like smoked so much in her life. She's got the real wine, yes, <laughs> raspy. Does voice. that voice
1: exist overseas? Oh, I don't know. It'd have to. I don't know. It feels very Australian. Someone who's had like forty cigs a day, a day for the past forty years, but is somehow <laughs> ninety years old and they're still croaking away. It's a great voice. Oh.
0: I feel like it would have to be a lot of Eastern Europeans like
1: that. Mm. Greeks. Yeah, I feel like the Greeks are like superhuman though. They transcend death, you know? Like so many Greeks like 90, 100 years old. Like I don't think... Drew Pavlo would be a good reference for that, but I honestly think Greeks and Italians live longer than...
0: Only Greek I know that doesn't change smoke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he should. It brings levels down a lot.
0: The old Greek breakfast, coffee black, marble red. (laughs) Yes.
1: Well, when I first moved to Melbourne, I lived in Coburg. So our whole street was like, you know, a lot of lovely, lovely Greek people would give us food and we'd just hang out on the front balconies. And I'm like, these guys are never dying. You know, they just respawn, I think, at the front of coffee shops. Do
0: you remember hearing about Oakley when they first brought in the, um, you can't smoke and eat in the same sort of area? Okay. So instead of banning smoking out the front, they banned eating. (laughs) Like, you know, That's amazing. our whole clientele is great, so you just want to have, you know, their espresso and a couple of darts.
1: That's so good. That's so good. I, love, I would love to be in the meeting there where they're just like, the ultimatum is we either make money off food um, or we just keep serving coffee black. <laughs> What's our market? What's our demo?
0: Uh, I'm not even sure if he's Greek, but one plug you pissed off recently, mm. Mark Boris.
1: <laughs> Mark Boris, I don't think he's Greek. I hope not. It sounds Greek. <laughs> I hope for me he's not a minority. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when well, Mark Boros is interesting, I made a video that went viral on TikTok. You know, I think it's, on, it wasn't crazy, but it was like, started at 100K, then it's gone to like around 200K. And I think I was just having a roast. You know, I just said like, he's kind of our Trump equivalent because he hosts The Apprentice. You know, he's maybe one of our richest dudes, you know, and he's like a real big social commentator. Wait, he-
0: was it home loans? Is that where he made his money? Was it
1: mortgages? Yeah, or? mortgages, home loans, kind of similar in property, yeah. which are you know, each of their own. I don't care how people make their money. I just think the dude is an interesting guy, you yeah. know? I And this is a big thing, and I do this as well. I love that there's a thing happening in Australian culture where people speak on things that are not in their area, and I do it, and I love doing it. <laughs> you know, and I'm about, I'm doing that fucking running dudes podcast on Monday. Like, he speaks about like mortgages and shit like that, which he has no idea about, but I love that. Yeah. And, like, Mark Boris will talk about. I heard him talk about Kentucky the other day. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Where he was just talking about the like. Just if you go on kentucky and whether it's a waste of money and like that verse experience. I'm like, you're a 55-year-old dude who's given like 20-year-olds advice on whether to go to Thailand or not. Maybe <laughs> you have stepped out of your lane, you know? And I like that. But apparently, I have a mutual friend who's like a big comedian and he's like, yeah, Mark Burroughs has listened to the podcast and like he's not happy with that episode. And I was like, I, was, I, was, I didn't go too far. I mean, was just a, a roast.
0: But joy hearing that makes you go... Maybe I should go a bit further. (laughs) Let's lean into this. little bit of you.
1: Well, it's the type of thing with like, I've kind of semi become friends of Friendly Geordie's over the last two years. We've just kind of become aware of each other and like he's been on my podcast and like he has that in him more than me. Where if, if Geordie's has someone who briskly pisses him off, like Jim... That yeah, pedestrian yeah. dude. I don't think it was like a passing comment. He's like Friendly Geordies is a fuckhead or something. Friendly Geordies made a 14 minute dossier on Jim Marlowe from <laughs> Pedestrian and had information that I don't know how he got access to. Like it was through some kind of server. Maybe Jim Marlowe <laughs> was the one that firebombed him. <laughs> hey, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Uh-huh. But that's the crazy thing where like if you end up in a Friendly Geordies thumbnail, it'll happen to me one day because I keep... Fuck on with him, like I keep like making videos, like just little funny comments push about it. I push him, yeah, yeah, and like you're done. Like if I'm in a thumbnail, if you have seen Fergus Neil's face in a friendly Jordy thumbnail, I'm hibernating for six <laughs> months. It's like it's going to take some time off to reflect. Oh.
0: So, so what did, did Mark want to show you or something along those lines? He just lines?
1: had. I can't say the. I mean, I'll probably say the guy's name, but it's, uh, you can just look at the mutuals. You can, you, can say you, you, you can look at the mutuals. Look at the Fergus Neil Mark Bruce mutuals. You be able to see who it was, but his comedian was like, yo. <laughs> Mark Burrows' lawyers are just looking at your podcast, and I was like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah, that TikTok that went viral. Apparently, you said some. I said something about his financial advice, and because he's in the financial industry, it could affect his business going <laughs> forward. Which I think is hilarious that a comedian could be a market disruptor. <laughs> also, 200k isn't that big views. No, you know the videos that go way more viral than that. Two hundred thousand people. It's a couple of MCGs. You you can lose that. Yeah. Also, my people who watch my videos—they don't have money. And
0: it's like, come on, <laughs> mate. they're not buying mate. houses. If you have got an issue with a bloke, be a real man. Don't sort it out in the courts. Yes. Sort, it, sort it out with your fists in the KFC car park, <laughs>
1: <laughs> or firebomb it. You know what yeah. I mean? Do the honourable thing and firebomb my house. Because <sighs> he went through a comedian and then he yeah it, yeah eventually got back to me, which is you know it's fine. You know, have you ever had a like a a, a kind of online beef? Isaac Butterfield hates me now Which is
0: funny Yeah I think it just says You're doing something right If someone's hating you
1: Yeah it's fun It's a fun
0: one I think the only one I've really had Who's hated me Was Jim Marlowe <laughs> I mean in, Individual
1: I don't know why I find that so <laughs> funny
0: We keep coming back to it I'm Not individual But a group of people I did one TikTok And I think I just Roasted astrology girls Yeah And then like The hate came on Like this guy Is a massive sexist misogyn- He's a Scorpio. Probably belt Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> Really? Oh, they came at you? They yeah, oh they, they came at me. They extrapolated. Me. They came at me. I think That's I said, the worst, I guess. If they're extrapolating about your character, that's
0: hard. I think I said something about how, you know, they'll have a crack, you know, at people for not getting vaccinated, you know, follow mm-hmm. the science and do this and that. But then they'll base their whole personality. Comedically,
1: on- <laughs> that's a funny premise, you know. <laughs> on
0: like a star sign. Yeah.
1: I think that's like, it's interesting when you do stand-up jokes, like sometimes you don't think about the people you offend. Like I look at it like the structure of a joke. And structurally, that's a very funny juxtaposition between two beliefs that contradict each other. Yeah. But you can't really say that. You know what I mean? They'll be like, no, nah, we don't give a fuck about the structure. We're <laughs> getting offended here, you know?
0: Yeah. But then I feel like you've got to own that because
1: it's just going to boost your engagement yes. as well. Yes. I'm looking at the craftsmanship of jokes. And I feel like if you
0: get angry, you go in the comments and you get wound up, then you've mm. lost.
1: And so how like- many of those people are bots? Like you see fucking like Tom2210, two, two, no profile picture, three followers. You're like, is this a person?
0: Kind of like what Drew gets The Chinese bots Yes Did you hear about how the, the bots will attack him But then apparently They take a break between I think it's like 12 and 1pm <laughs> Be- <laughs> Beijing time <laughs> And then they'll go That's back That's their break. Yeah and then they'll go back up again Drew has a
1: cigarette <laughs> Oh. That was so funny because when Drew invited me to do the Punchway shirt, so our friend Drew Pavlo was um, doing this protest at the Australian Open where Punchway, the tennis player, went missing. He said, "Wear a shirt." I said, "I wear the shirt. I don't really want to get involved in like any fucking media." Yeah. And the next day, we were in the front of the Guardian, we we're in the New York Times, yeah. we're on NBC America. Me and Drew's face was on NBC America with like an breaking news: a uh, human rights activist in Australia protesting the Chinese Communist Party. So what happened? Some of Drew's bots came for me. So they're my DMs and they were kind of like tweeting at me and shit. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. And it lasted two weeks. <laughs> but for those two weeks, it wasn't good. So I don't know how Drew does it round the clock. Oh. They were making personal comments about me from China. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? They were getting so personal about what I look like and who I am as a person. <laughs> but then the same thing, they would stop. I didn't think about that, but there was a break in it where like for an hour they're having a lunch break. <laughs> Smoke boys. <laughs> I love that in Beijing there's just like a wall of computer screens with Drew Pablo's face and my face on it and then at one o'clock a bell goes and they just leave it and go out the front of the factory.
0: I suppose you could probably only do it in a you know communist government where, you know you control all wings of the finances. Like mm. here you'd be like is it really worth spending $10 million on just having some people? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, for Drew, it's such a weird niche where he's kind of become, he's, you know, he's got a lot of recognition. He's been on 60 Minutes for going at the Chinese Communist Party. Like, is there, like, going at Jim Marlowe versus going to the Chinese Communist Party, the repercussions between those two entities are monumentally yeah. different. Like, the Chinese Communist Party, that could be the type of thing where they just chuck a bit of poison in your drink or on a doorknob and Drew touches well, it Could and you dies.
0: imagine if you ever caught a fl- flight to China, like China would probably let him go there and then, they, you know, he just disappear, you'd never hear from him again. If Drew's
1: listening to this, do not go to China. <laughs> I can't go to China anymore because I've kind of like, I also did a podcast with one of the leaders of the Hong Kong protest movement. Yeah. So I feel like this podcast has been name dropping a lot, but, and so he was, he was like, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, and I, I wouldn't go to China now, which is sad because I've always wanted to see the Great Wall of China. Oh, I'm like
0: the same. I've even, got
1: Chinese friends.
0: Even just having Drew on for one episode, I'm like, well... Guess I won't be going to Shanghai. Yeah. yeah. Also,
1: you can't really post those on TikTok. I feel like because I don't know, would they fuck your algorithm or not? The algorithm. Yeah, there's a bit of
0: conjecture
1: about that. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I always wonder. I'll never talk about China on TikTok. No. Sure, we have. But then Drew, Drew goes by. Yeah. Drew has videos that get like a fucking twenty million views, and he's. I'm like, what's going on? Are they just letting it go because they're like, well, we can't be I seen? Think, to I think they
0: must suppress him for a while, but then like people <laughs> kind of like. Get onto the idea Yes And then and then, you know, they are probably getting shit because they're suppressing stuff, so they'll have to pretend that they're not and then yes. they'll go back again, but then they'll just, like, push it down.
1: Well, I've got friends who are international students, so I met at uni who are from China, and they're like, yeah, I can't be embroiled with that kind of stuff. You know, they would never make a video because then their family at home, like, they actually get affected. Yeah. Which is wild to think that people, like, that specific, that if, like, someone who's an international student here accidentally goes to a Hong Kong meeting at Melbourne University, it could get back to their home country and then their family is no longer.
0: And then there's... Well, that's the thing, you get the international students. So there's some, you know, it's a good thing coming to Western countries and being progressive mm. and learning from us. Yes. But then there's other people from the Chinese community, <laughs> probably more nationalist, and will rat out the others. Yeah, it's and, like they'll, try and home. they'll
1: try and kill Drew, which is hilarious. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. The best thing I ever saw was I have this international student friend, Tom, and he's from China. And like, third day in at uni, we're just walking around after an O week thing. And like, it, he, he saw a junkie, and I could see him. It was like seeing a unicorn. Because of course, in China, they kill drug users like they have a zero tolerance yeah so they all there's no drug dealers you know what i mean there's no drugs in china really disappear they're honestly just gone so for him seeing a junkie was like seeing a unicorn and he was shook by it like that's how i knew that in china they have a very harsh drug penalty yeah because we're in like a metro train and he's like who is this guy and i was like "It's a junkie It's fine (laughs) just do his thing he won't do anything and then he was shook by that he was like fuck like they have no drugs in their culture Mental. I've never thought of
0: it that way. And isn't it rogue as well? You think like their internet restriction so they can't even search like nah, TNU Square. He,
1: my friend was like, he can get around that easy. Well, who was... You can get around that. Is it Eileen
0: Goo, who's the... um? He's the snowboarder who Yeah, is what? Is, is gone now or <laughs> No, no, that's Peng No, it was to get new t shirts. <laughs> <It's awesome.
1: laughs> <Where's laughs>
0: who's going? missing
1: now? Who's missing now? I'll call Drew and be like, we need to print out new t shirts.
0: <laughs> Wasn't she at the, like, the the Olympics and stuff? And people uh, Yeah, she was American and then she was representing. And people would complain that they couldn't like find stuff when you get to Netflix or stuff. And she's like, mm. oh, I just use my VPN while I'm here, which yeah, is exactly. completely illegal yes. <laughs> over
1: there. But that's true, like there's so many ways around it. Yeah. You know, there's so many ways around that. Yeah, around that VPN. But I mean yeah, I'm kind of out of that now, which is good. Two weeks, I'm like, cool. Let's not talk about China again. (laughs) Probably after this podcast will happen for a couple more days. That's all right.
0: All right. Next subject then.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is survival.
0: I was reading, I did not realise this. Did you study a bachelor of philosophy? Yes. Yes. So you're probably on par with me who studied Business, commerce. Nah, um,
1: don't even put us in there. You're way more employable. No,
0: mate. I made a good business. Business is the new fucking Dude, arts degree. Is like
1: five hundred BC. Like that's that's like, mate. How many? I'm
0: telling you. How many student kids are there uh, out there who've got a business degree with?
1: <laughs> true, true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I reckon it's the new arts degree. Yeah. Like at least
0: arts kids can communicate and actually converse.
1: It's a lot more like Gen Z, like Zoomers who have no degree and just go into like, like they just start, do a startup. Yeah. And they're multimillionaires.
0: Yeah, like drop shipping or something like that.
1: Yeah, or they make a company called like Snuggy or something and like it's just a blanket and yeah, they're multi-millionaires.
0: Business kids are just good at like gaslighting and heavy drinking. Yes,
1: or doing two hours work on an eight-hour day. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the corporate grind.
0: Yeah. So tell us a bit more about philosophy. How did you get into that? I don't
1: know. I don't... Everyone... People ask me that. I don't know how. I think I was... Yeah. I, when you're 18, you shouldn't be making decisions about your future. We've talked about that before, I reckon. Where it's just like, if you're 18 years old, you probably shouldn't have the ability to do a $60,000 philosophy degree. Oh, well,
0: yeah, I... Took a year off after school was mm. Originally interested in doing engineering And mm. if I had done that I would have hated it I like dealing with people Not numbers But Yeah Like we said You know You look at the Americans Who are probably paying $30,000 a year Yeah and you sign up Because you're straight out of school You do something you don't like Yes And then you're kind of just like Well it's all going to be for nothing now I may as well finish it off And then yeah. you do something you hate
1: I've always had this philosophy though <laughs> That's <laughs> Very topical I've always had this view In life that I don't really look at things as if it's gonna go somewhere. Like doing philosophy, uni, doing stand up comedy, doing TikTok, doing probably because do you enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I reckon if you do that, it sounds like if you just do things that you like, hopefully it'll work out. And if not, then you can do something you don't like later. Yeah. You know, like I've always had that little stand up. I didn't think that I'd ever get into comedy clubs that like you get paid a bunch of money. You know, I didn't think it'd be opening for comedians and like you can pay your rent off that. Like one gig. I was like, what the fuck? Like you do one gig at like a corporate event and they'll just pay your rent for doing ten minutes of comedy. And I'm like, that's nuts. But I didn't think about that when I first started doing stand up. I was like, Cool, just do open mics and then you enjoy it and then hopefully that transpires into doing those gigs you yeah. know so doing philosophy i'm like this is fucking hilarious like with why are we studying philosophy in the year 2023 <laughs> and then you know you meet characters i remember this i, I tried to do this as a bit but it, people thought it was too fucked up because there was this guy in my class we're learning this thing called the trolley problem which is just this like oh, basic yeah. ethical experiment was a train going down the tracks so was five people and they're tied up on the other track there's one person tied up and uh you're an expert lever if you pull it you'll divert the train you'll kill one dude and like save the five and like for some reason it's a hard ethical problem and there's just this staunch like lad in my class who just was like straight up I'd untie the one and put him next to the five people (laughs) and the teacher was like why the fuck would you do that (laughs) They kill all six people and then like without blinking he's like if you're willing to kill one person you should be willing to kill all six motherfuckers (laughs) It's like some so shit. that there are no witnesses <laughs> And like It's such essay logic And fucked up But the professor couldn't argue with it He's like You won This actually makes sexy- more sense <laughs> They've been trying to figure this out for 2000 <laughs> And you did it on the spot <laughs> Oh god which sometimes, that's the thing. Like you sometimes got to have that street logic. You can't have the ivory tower <laughs> logic. You know what I mean? Sometimes these dudes who are on a current affair in Geelong, they have, they're have better philosophers than academics. <laughs> you just got to flip the complete table yeah. <laughs> Oh God. You know what I mean? Because my brother, right, like he dropped out in year 10. Like he just, school was not for him. And like he fucking worked all these random jobs. And now he's like working a job where he wants to become a professional caddy. He's a really good golfer. And like he wants to do that But he's like He was addicted to drugs for a while This is another brother Not the autistic one He hasn't (laughs) had that tough of a life But there was a (laughs) He was on all these drugs And he came off And he's got sober And like some of the shit he says Is the most profound stuff I've ever heard in my life but if people listen to him they think he's just like a, a drop kick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's he's had experiences in life that you can't get from a classical education that he's got from being in the back of a car, like, you know, on the way back from stealing from a, a shop or something. Like he was like high level kind of criminal shit. Yeah. And he's a good dude now. <laughs> Touch wood. Touch fucking anything. <laughs> Just hope he does well. But like he says stuff where you're like, you would never get this. You know what I mean? From i got friends who like did art degrees, whatever business degrees. You would never get this from someone like that because while we were in lecture theatres, yeah, he was, you know, experiences, like actually- he was getting into fights with cops. So like, you know, it's an interesting thing, education. If it's two sides of a coin. You can get different things from different areas. And then my sister is like a genius and she's so clean cut. She's like doing international relations at university. She wants to work in some firm somewhere like... You know, so I reckon that's helped me with videos as well. I've got so many different references from like, all right, my sister would think this, but what would my brother think about this? Yeah. And they'd have completely different dinner table discussions. And so I try and put that into videos. Like, you know, and I've had people say that like, oh, you say this and then you have a, it's cool to have something completely different. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: I Yeah, profound insight. You know, you wouldn't just get because I mean, Every art student, right, is going to read the exact same books, mm. the same text, do the same assignments, right? Mm. Effectively, going to be group think. You're going to just do yes. the same old shit. And you're not going to get You're regurgitating
1: them. the readings. Yeah. You're regurgitating Mark's Foucault, all those kind of Ivory Tower people. It's kind of like,
0: you know, Goodwill Hunting where he's in, <laughs> <laughs> he's in the bar and there's that guy who's like giving him the opinion. He's like, <laughs> you've read this book, you've read this book and next year you'll think this I didn't way. I do not think
1: about that, but my brother is Matt Damon. Like he's a really <laughs> smart guy, but when he'd meet my uni friends, they would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I remember one time there was a party, it was a private school party. It was like Trinity, some Trinity, is that a school? Some Trinity party. Yeah. Some school round queue or whatever. And I brought my brother and they were like in a circle around him I listening to him speak. It was like the fucking oracle to the private school kids when he was just like <laughs> giving them truths, and they were hooked on it and they loved it. Just like pure heroin. Yes. Never heard this before in my life. And because it's weird because he's like real, he's not... You can't even put him into a category. Like you couldn't even say he's anti-woke or he's progressive. He's just him. Yeah. You know, he's just a character. Just
0: purely like individual.
1: You he's know? so good for stand-up. Like I might like, just say something and I'll, I'll tell that on stage. Do you ever just go home and he's just saying something, you are like, just getting your notepad out. <laughs> I, I want to get him on my your- podcast, but he's reluctant. <laughs> he's reluctant because he wants to become a professional caddy, which yeah. is cool. You know, so he'll go to professional golf events, and he dresses up like he has like matching track suits like he looks like an esche, <laughs> and he wears like a big chain, and he'll go up to professional golfers and just ask some questions and shit like that. Yeah, very brave. But I hope he makes it because that'd be sick. You know, to have a professional caddy in the family. Hundred percent. you would be like, "Who's <laughs> the bloke off Happy Gilmore?" <laughs> <laughs> he, he's someone who if Someone filmed a TikTok of him. He's the type of dude Who would go viral Yeah You know Like he, he looks like a character Just a character Yeah He's like young Early 20s But just looks like a bro Yeah You know We'll get him on one day Next tosses fantastic. He'll come we'll, on We'll have to
0: get him Next episode <laughs> He'll be sitting in the middle here. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, unless you got anything else you want to run
1: through. I mean, just plug the show. So I'm doing Fergalicious at Trades Hall from 29th of March to 23rd of April. And then I'm in Sydney, uh, September 14. And then Brisbane the week after September 21. So come to those shows if you're listening. It'd be great to see you guys there.
0: Sounds good. We will put the links in the bio as well. Awesome. Um, in the description. And if you're about, definitely go give, have a listen because this was a lot of fun. And then you need to do stand-up. <laughs> 100%. Let's do
1: another podcast after you do your first over mic.
0: I'm You're gonna, either going to be
1: a shell of a man. I was
0: going to say I would just like look like I've got shell shock, like I've come, <laughs> like I've come back from the Ukraine.
1: Thousand yard stare, <laughs> Ukraine or stand up. You and Drew on the couch together. <laughs> oh, so funny! It's been fun. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to have
0: you on board. All right. On that note, we'll close off. Thanks for listening. We're out.